Hello, lovelies. Welcome to Horror 421, the podcast, with your hosts, special effects makeup artist supreme, Elena Morales, and your friendly small-town horror author, Charles Campbell. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the frights in this week's episode. Hello, Horror 421 fanatics and listeners. Uh, today, we are, have a special guest on, uh, but first we're going to introduce ourselves. I'm Elena, and this is my other co-host, Charles Campbell. Hello. Um, we're just spooky and ridiculous nerds who just like to talk to famous people at the time. Um, and today, we welcome to the podcast David Howard Thornton. Some of you guys know from Nightwing Escalation as the Joker, and some of us well-known as Art the Clown. So welcome to the podcast. Ah, thank you very much. Happy to be here. <laughs> so we have so many questions. Charles, do you want to start the questions off? Well, I sure can. David, uh, <laughs> I was flipping through Netflix a couple years ago and I saw this mm-hmm. clown face and I was like, ah, what is this? So I clicked it and boy, did my life change after I watched that movie. <laughs> You know, I, I am a horror nut. I'm a horror author. Um, I love Stephen King. Love, you know, love it. Love the book. Love the movies. But your clown, man, he, he the the advertising that it that came out makes what did it say makes Pennywise look like Krusty. Yeah, it, it does. It, yeah, it does. yeah. He he actually does. He actually does. But uh, what I'm amazed with in your performance is a you don't say a word. Yeah. And B, you, you through your facial expressions, even through the makeup and the uh, and the mask, you just convey you convey something so sinister and funny at the same time. So I'm laughing <laughs> and 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 cringing at the same time. So it's yes. very rare that I, that a character in a horror movie makes me do both at once. Yeah, that's so, how most of my dates feel too. So I understand. <laughs> So how did, how did you get in that mindset to play art? Uh, and, and I know art's been in other films and the uh, All Hallows Eve movies, mm-hmm. but uh, what what gets you into that frame of mind to become that guy? It's usually just lack of sleep. <laughs> lack of sleep in cold environments that we film in. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, it's, um, gosh, I, I would say it's a lot of things, really. It's... Um, First of all, of course, Mike Giannelli, who was the original art in All Hallows Eve, he really set the precedent for me. So he he made my job easier because I was able to see what he did and just build off of that instead of actually having to create the character myself and everything. Though, oddly enough, I think if I did create the character myself, I would have pretty much done the same thing because it just lends itself to that. But I had a good template to start with, and that's who I base a lot of my my uh, original stuff off of was his performance because I, I wanted to keep things true to what the fans already liked about the character already and just add my own embellishments to it. And so like what I did, it's like I, one thing I know that Mike really didn't do a lot with, and I wanted to do more with was add more of the physical comedy to the character, add more that, that clowning aspect mm-hmm. to him. because that's where my background really lies. And cause I, I, most of my life I did theater and especially comedy. I did a lot of slapstick and, you know, all that kind of just good physical comedy. And I, I learned from some of the best, like uh, Stefan Carl, who I entered, I was his understudy for five years with the national tour of how the Grinch stole Christmas, the musical. And he was Robbie Rotten from lazy town. And he was actually trained in clowning and mime and all that kind of stuff. So he, he really, really, <laughs> 
you know, was a great inspiration for the character for me. And so I, I did that and I took my love of great villains, especially great horror villains. In addition to the Joker, I, you know, there was also a lot of Freddy Krueger put into art, you know, Chucky, Mike Myers, Jason, he was kind of like just a mishmash of all the villains that came before. And that's where he came from. How did you stumble into that role? Cause you, like you said, you weren't the original, but how did, right. how did you come about receiving that role? Pure serendipity in a lot of ways. First of all, like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the original art, you know, Mike, he didn't want to come back to the role. He wanted to do other things with his life and especially he didn't want to go to all the makeup again. So it, I, I lucked out in that capacity there. But um, I was in the middle of this four month vacation, not vacation, but I, I decided to take four months off of when I got back from my last tour to just focus on auditioning and not wait tables or anything like that. I was like, I just want, but I was at that time I was focusing on trying to do Broadway Mm -hmm. and I had been up for about four or five different Broadway tours and stuff like that. And they all fell through. I like final callbacks, all that kind of stuff. All of them fell through for one reason or another. And like one of them literally came down to a coin toss between me and another guy. And I thought I lost that coin toss. But when I look at it, I, I won it because Mm -hmm. if I had gotten any of those, I would not have been able to either audition for Terrifier or film it because I've been on the road. So it worked out that way. And I just came across a audition notice one day on a website called Actors Access. And they were looking for a tall, skinny guy to play art for the role of a lifetime. And I had never really done film work before. I had done um, some maybe extra work, but nothing substantial in that regard. And I and I always wanted to just get my foot in the door in, in that area. I was like, yeah, I, I didn't want to just limit myself to stage. I wanted to do more things. And I was like, well, you know, this would be a great opportunity. As like, I, uh, I, who knows where this will go, if it'll go anywhere, because it's low-budget independent film, but it's experience. And I can learn what it's like to be on a set and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah, and I, I knew the character because I had seen All Hallows Eve, so I loved the character. I'm like, this is perfect. This would be a great introduction to the film world for me. But I didn't expect anything grand out of it. I was just like, ah, you know, this would be great for a reel or something like that. And went into the audition and booked it. I They asked me right there in the room if I could come back in for a makeup test. And that's very rare. Mm-hmm. especially in the film world, you usually don't get asked there. You usually have to go back several times for, you know, different auditions to see how you match up with other people that are considering for roles and stuff like that. I, I know like our, our female lead for uh, Terrifier 2 uh, and our, um, her, the uh, Elliot who plays her brother, uh, Lauren Lavera, uh, the two of them um, had an audition several times. Like until they finally said, especially Elliot, Elliot was in like four or five times, I think. So I was lucky. <laughs> and I was like, this is, it was, it's every actor's dream come true to walk out of an audition and go, I think I have it. <laughs> well, it sounds to me like you knocked the audition out of the park and they, they found yeah, their art. An eyelash out of my eye too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so kind of yeah. stand with the terrifier for one more, um, minute or two here uh if i must yeah yeah uh, <laughs> how, how and i and i know damien did the all hallows these movies but how was it working mm-hmm. with damien what you know oh, what, what sort of dynamic did you have with him oh great we like hit it off immediately i mean like we didn't know each other before any of this and it's like we 
that first day that I, I came in for my makeup test, I was in the makeup chair with him and we just started talking about movies and stuff like that. And we're, we discover we're fellow geeks in that regard. And we just instantly hit it off with each other. So like working with him has been great because it's, he's a great director for actors because he's very open to, you know, he, he knows what he wants but he's also open to other ideas and trying new things. And he, he would do that sometimes on part one where he's like, you know, I don't really know what I want here. Why don't you just experiment and play around with something and like the, the scene where I'm just doing all the different face, the faces and stuff like that. I, I sat there for about five minutes and they just filmed me just making tons of faces. And I love that. I love to be able to play because that's, that's what I'm used to doing on stage is like, you know, in the rehearsal process, you usually have weeks of rehearsals to really play around with things. Right. And on film, you don't, you usually have to just boom, do it. And you have a few takes to do it. And I, I like having that freedom to actually play around and experiment. And so that's what he would allow. And, and I loved it. I was like, this is a lot of fun. And so when he was writing part two, he now knew this about me and he so he deliberately wrote scenes in part two where it's just like he didn't even say what's going on what specifically i was going to be doing he's like this is the situation art's in and art plays and he's just like yeah we'll just figure it out once we get in the room and see what we have prop wise and all that kind of stuff and i loved it because i would just go in there and i would just look at what i had in my surroundings and i would come up with the whole entire routine and i'd show it to him he's like cool let's film it awesome well it's great I will be remiss to uh, to forget to to say this, but when the podcast began, Elena and I both introduced ourselves. But there's a handsome young man sitting beside Elena, who didn't get to introduce Sorry. himself. So uh, <laughs> we're we're gonna let Dustin talk Love because uh, he's a huge horror fan too. And, and I thought it was um, Silent Bob back there. He just so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> he's just there for moral support. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of the film and particularly your performance because it's there's something special in your movement with, with like your character acting, your monster acting with it that you've got all that facial expression in it that's just <laughs> crazy. And I was so is there anything since you had that first movie you've done Terrifier one and, and that character mm-hmm. is now kind of iconic in that way was going into the second movie did, since the character is already kind of set. Mm-hmm. Was it different for you since there's you're not having to play so much with that? It was easier. <laughs> easier. It was just like, yeah, I just was literally just slipping on the shoes again. I was like, all right, I'm ready. So it's it's like, I, I, I had a lot more confidence this next time. I was just like, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing with the character now. I, I, I felt a lot more free with it because I was so used to Damien. We already had that good rapport with each other. So and I, I think it, you know, it, you know, shows on film too. There's, I, I, I kind of even thought Art is a lot more confident this time around since he's back from the dead. So he's, he's like, oh yeah, I'm a little bit more cocky. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, all right, I'm hard to kill. <laughs> so it, I, I liked it. It was, it was fun that way. And it was, I, and it was kind of exciting too this time since you know, I, I knew what was coming with part two after doing part one, how people are going to be reacting and stuff like that. So it was exciting seeing new blood being introduced to the, to the story and meeting the new actors and everything. And, you know, like guys, you don't know what this is going to do for you guys. You have no idea how, 
cool this is going to be for you. You know, it's like, I know sometimes we're filming in horrible, horrible circumstances. It's freezing cold right now. We're on hour 17 and we're tired, but oh my gosh, this is going to be so cool and exciting in the long run. So that was kind of fun for me. It's like, I, I kind of felt like the big brother on set this time around instead of like the <laughs> new guy. Because when I did part one, I was the new guy. I, I was the stage actor. Everybody else were film actors. And so I, especially Jenna, I was like, she has done stunt work and all this. She's amazing. It's like, I, I was kind of intimidated by everybody else because they knew all the lingo and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, ah, <laughs> I learned a lot from them. And so it's like, oh, it's, it's more fun this time. I was like, oh, I know what to do now. <laughs> well, yeah, that the the final girl who wasn't the final girl, uh, mm-hmm. she she fought so hard. And I was I was pulling for her. And then yeah. I was pulling I for her. we all were. Yeah. And then, we all were so hard. Then, oh, then that Art, poor thing. <laughs> then Art pulls out that pistol. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, I don't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you were, you were talking about it being in a, a low budget independent film, uh, mm-hmm. and we've seen a bunch of low budget independent films. The acting yeah. in this thing was top notch. So Thank every everyone you. in that film did a super job uh, uh, acting. Yeah. I mean, they convinced me. I, the it's guy, not, well, it's the, just not the actors. Everybody did a fantastic job because, like, uh, Damien posted a thing about it recently on, online where um, IMDb had originally quoted that our budget was $800,000. I'm like, oh, God, we wish. <laughs> it's, it was, we made that movie between like thirty-five dollars to $50,000. It was, <laughs> it's, so it's, it's a testament of not just the, the actors, it's the testament of the crew that was involved too. Yeah. That, what we were able to pull off with that kind of budget. I mean, they weren't even making like Texas Chainsaw Massacre back in the seventies, which was a low budget film for that much money, not even counting inflation. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And I read that. I I, I read that, uh, that someone said that it was 800 grand and I read the response like, okay, where'd you get those numbers from? Where'd you pull those? Yeah. (laughs) Well, people don't know, like, cause we're in the haunt industry and I've worked on a few, you know, low budget films too, but Mm -hmm. they're such, they're everybody's baby. People put so much love and energy into it. And the actors that are all in, are all in it now, you know, cause I've worked with them. They're, just starting out they're they're so hungry to get in the industry and they're putting all of their energy into the characters they're playing and it's such a big passion project for them and you can see that yeah but like people don't know in the haunt industry too like if you're wanting to buy a full body mold those are like what three four grand a piece mm-hmm. just to make them and even because we do them from scratch too so it's yeah. so much money to make all of that stuff and you have sometimes one or two times to shoot it tops that's it like that's what you get so $800,000 is honestly very low of a budget compared to most, yeah. you know? And we didn't even have near that. I mean, we don't, that's not, that's not even the budget for Terrifier 2. <laughs> right. So it's just, it's, it's, I think the difference is you, you have people, I think you nailed it. It's like you have people doing it because they love it. They're passionate about it. It's not just people showing up just for a paycheck. I think that's and a like, horror thing too. A lot yeah. of horror you know, people are like that. Yeah. Horror, Fans and people that make horror are are fan- I mean they are fanatics about horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know you don't 
see that a lot with romantic comedy. No, like no, nobody, no. You know, no, nobody has tattoos of romantic comedy. Oh god, no, like, everybody just wants to do a Hallmark movie. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen a romantic comedy convention lately. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, I can only imagine what those things would be. I mean, how many engagement things would be happening at those? Oh my. God, how like, many Matthew McConaughey one-liners can it. be in that? Like that, <laughs> literally. <did. laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, okay, there you go. <laughs> well, we love horror conventions, and uh, we're I'm we're both regulars. All three of us are regulars at Days of the Dead, and uh, mm-hmm. I know you're. I normally don't look like this. I'm normally painted something yeah. weird. I don't know. My teeth are like black. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, so, it's I, fun. I know your convention visits have really jumped since the t- since Terrifier came out. Uh, how, mm-hmm. how are your experiences at those conventions? Uh, I bet you have a blast there. Oh God, I oh, love okay. them. I'm like I, I'm looking for. I'm going to the next Mad Monster in a few weeks down in North Carolina. So I'm stoked for that. Finally doing Horror Hound this year. You know, I'm I have already gotten like about ten of them already lined up for this year, and that's just starting the year out. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm excited. I love it. Because, I, I mean, I used to do, like, go to conventions myself and do cosplay before Terrifier. And so it's, I, I love that whole aspect of it. And is there, there's something special about horror conventions versus the, the typical fan conventions, you know, the, the pop culture type of convention. It's just like, it's a different camaraderie of people. It's just like, there is more of a, a close-knit group of people. And, you know, mm-hmm. people are really more passionate about it. It's like, cause I, I've done both. I've done the horror ones and I've just done the general, you know, everybody from like from voice actors yeah. to, you know, Marvel movie people to all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a totally different vibe. It's just like the, the heart. And it's, it's even among the celebrities too. You don't have the, you know, the, the, um, the kinship there, like you mm-hmm. do at the, the horror conventions. Cause like, I, I think all of us, celebrity guests we've been at so many of these together so we've all built our little friendships with you know the other guests there as, as well as the uh the, the the fans coming in we get to know so many of the fans because they show up at so many of these conventions and i i think that's awesome i especially i love to do the the after parties those are always fun <laughs> yeah i think weren't yeah. we talking about that with um how now with people who cosplay that aren't doing horror cosplay, like at Dragon Con, it's almost just cool to be a nerd rather than it being something that they actually care about. They're kind of just doing it. Mm-hmm. So at horror conventions, they're putting their whole entire soul into making that costume or building yeah. a whole new character yeah. and taking on a whole new persona. So, and, and also, like you said, the people, what most outsiders would think are the meanest people in the entire universe. Cause they want to portray that, that serial killer are actually the mm-hmm. nicest humans you probably will ever meet in oh your entire existence. God, yeah. it, it's so true. Oh my God. It's like some of these guys that just look like mountainous men. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, God, you look like you're a hell's angels biker or something like that. And they're like the biggest teddy bears. And it's like the mm-hmm. biggest kids. I love it. And that's even for the, the guests too, is like some of these guys that I grew up watching in these movies as a kid, like are just the nicest, sweetest guys in real life. It, it's so funny. It's like, yeah, I, I grew up and watched you hack off people's heads and stuff like that. And <laughs> you're just a big teddy bear. I'm like Kane Hodder is one of the funniest guys you, you'll meet. He's strong as an ox, but he's funny as hell too. He's His podcast it, he has with Felissa Rose is oh, hilarious. Yeah. I love that podcast oh, so much. God. Oh, both of them are just great. Anyway, I'm like, Felissa is just, uh, I just, I consider her my con mama. 
I just absolutely love yeah, her. Yeah, we stood at her table last time in August. We it were there like 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Because me and her found out oh, we yeah. were literally almost genetically the same makeup as far as ethnicity and everything. So we were just talking oh, wow. about families and everything. Like we had just bonded. She was just the nicest person I had probably ever had the oh, pleasure yeah. of speaking with at a convention. Oh, yeah. And that's why she always has a line of people, too. Because it's like, always, she's like she always. has that personality. Everybody just loves her. She's just... She's such a sweetheart and and she's always working too. It is like, she's just happy to work. She doesn't care. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, sure. I'll come in and do, do one scene for something like that. Woo. Like she, when we're, um, I wasn't there unfortunately, but um, when we're filming stream, she mm-hmm. showed up one night out of the blue, you know, it wasn't even, she wasn't supposed to be on set, but she showed up and she had McDonald's for the whole entire cast and crew that she just brought in for everybody. Cause she knew it was going to be a late night for everybody. So she just brought in all this McDonald's for everybody. I was like, that is just so cool. She was just in the area and she's like, Hey guys. <laughs> and then she wanted to party with everybody all night. And they're like, we got to be up in the morning. <laughs> we got to get some sleep. <laughs> She's also the mangled dick expert. So, I mean, you can't go oh, yeah. somebody. Oh, yeah. You have to trust your judgment on all of that always. Oh, yeah. Also, it's to speed, segue yeah. into a funny question mm-hmm. with you as Art the Clown, I know people have inappropriate things to say to you. Like, have you had any weird fetish questions since playing that role? Ah. <laughs> I, I've had a few a few people, you know, proposition me to wear the clown suit in <laughs> activities. And I'm like, I just wondered. I'm like, what attracts you to that? Especially those teeth. I'm like, really? You want those anywhere near any of that? I'm like, yeah. Really? Like, and he writes some shit on the walls, too. So I there you know. go. It's like, do you want pink eye? <laughs> that's like, how you get pink eye. That's how you get pink eye. Or like, worse. Yeah. <laughs> <Dead>. <laughs> it's it's so funny. It just it's that yeah, there's there's been some interesting things that have happened. I, I've I've gotten some interesting messages from people on on Instagram, both men and women, with oh. pictures, and I'm like, oh hey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm flattered. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, you uh, just never know. <laughs> going back to influences, I, you know, uh, you and I are kind of close in age. I'm about 10 years older than you, but uh, mm-hmm. these two are super young, you know. Elena and Dustin, uh, they're, they're super I'm in 30 I is approaching, I... okay? We're, we're oh, approaching God. 30, okay? I wish I missed those days. <laughs> but but oh, as, as, a, as a kid in the late 70s and early 80s, you know, I watched a ton of horror movies and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it and read a lot of horror novels. So it kind of put me on my path to write horror novels yeah. and books. Uh, so what I'm interested in is, you know, when you were growing up, were there any influences in horror that, uh, that, that, that stayed with you that, you know, maybe helped you in your role in art, the clown, or did you have, mm-hmm. you know, when you were younger, did you really have no interest in horror? Um, well, I was, curious. I was linked to the game because uh, my mom was terrified of horror film. She, she thought the fall of the house of usher was one of the scariest movies she had ever seen. So we didn't watch Just horror films in my family. My dad would watch them like late at night when everybody else had gone to bed and stuff like that, but that's it. So I, I didn't watch horror films until, my senior year of high school when Scream 2 came out because I got convinced to go to 
the showing of it was by my castmates because it was a girl the cast I had a crush on. I'm like, okay, sure, I'll go. I, I can't chicken out in front of her, and I loved it. But I, I still grew up with those influences because I remember seeing the commercials on TV all the time, especially Freddy Krueger. You saw Freddy everywhere in the 80s. Oh, yeah. I, I would be at Shoe Carnival, and they had Freddy Krueger dolls in Shoe Carnival of all places <laughs> for sale. And I was like, what is this? And my mom's like, you're too young for that. I'm like, yeah, but I want to know what that is. And I had an older sister, so she occasionally went to them on, you know, see them on dates and stuff like that. And she would tell me, she's like, oh, yeah, I saw a child's play. It's scary. It's too scary for you. It's a killer doll. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, you're like, you're, you're my buddy doll over there. It's just like, ah. That's so ironic to me that they would tell him, oh, that's too scary for you. And he's the most insane (laughs) fucking clown in the world right now. So that's Oh, this it's it's. (laughs) Right. I, I love that. And also because I, I grew up in a Methodist family and I was doing church plays of all things. So like, that's what I cut my teeth on doing was, you know, plays about Jesus all the time. And now I'm. <laughs> this is her body. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, it's just like my Sunday school teachers would be having a field day with me now. It's like, oh, he's a sinner. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh my god! Sorry, I'm such a water hog. I am always drinking water. You're fine. So, with um, you said you originally wanted to do Broadway. What is some of your favorite Broadway plays that you kind of wanted to audition for? As as far as an embodiment of a role, who would you love to oh. play? Gosh, there's so many because, um, but the thing is with me, is like most of the roles I want to play. I know I have, I'm now getting to the age where I can play them because they're older roles, you know, older kids. Cause I, I've always been the character guy. I love the character roles. I, I, I never wanted to play the male lead. The only time I ever really wanted to be male lead was like Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I, I still would love to play Seymour, but I'm like, there's Seymour, there's Ternardier in Les Miserables, there's Fagin and Oliver. Uh, Wormwood and Matilda. Classic character. Oh, they're just great characters. I, I love playing villains, especially because they get the best songs too. It's just like the character roles. You know, that you don't have to do all the crazy dancing like the course does. Because I'm like, I'm okay with dancing, but I can't do all the leaps and flips and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm not that skilled. I, I better at making people laugh. <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, the, God, there's so many. So, I mean, I would even love to play the Phantom of Phantom of the Opera, but I don't, you know, who knows? <laughs> That's our favorite play of all time. Literally, oh, I, love oh, I love yeah. that play. Jesus. Phantom, Jesus Christ Superstar is one of my favorites too. I, I Years ago, I did the production of that. I played Annis and that also, uh, also the understudy for Jesus and Judas in it. So it's just like I'm, I'm, I was a singer before I was an actor. So I have a four and a half octave range, and I, it's just ironic that I'm known for being a silent person <laughs> or silent character. I mean, so it's just like yeah, go figure, go figure. But um, also this one thing I, I always like to put it out there: why this has not been made into a musical yet, and it's a role I would love to play, and it's actually male lead I would love to play too. Is Jack Skellington in Nightmare Before Christmas? I'm like, how has that not been that made into a stage? You know, you're right. You're absolutely yeah, right. I made Frozen into music. They've only done it on. like an orchestra type show, I think, and they've only had yeah. the one guy singing it. But like you said, it's not a play, and it, they're missing out on. Yeah, you gotta make right that happen. Now. Yeah, you could do some amazing. You get someone like Julie Taymor, you know, who did Lion King. Get someone mm-hmm. like that in charge of it, 
they could come and do some really cool puppetry and stuff like that for all these characters. I'm like, you can make it really just visually awesome. And it already has some great music built into it, a great story. And the set that you could have oh for that? My God. God. It'd be so cool. I mean, they did Beetlejuice. Why not do this? Yeah. And like, Man. Beetlejuice didn't really have music already for it. Nightmare already has it. It's got a huge cult following behind it. And you can do it, you know, it's a seasonal thing like what we did with Grinch. Yeah. And it, it, it would it would do gangbusters. I guarantee like a, you got a baseline of guaranteed ticket sales. Exactly. Oh, for sure. With, with and nothing. I'm one of them. With so no trailer, no nothing. Oh. Like you Yeah. <laughs> you just say name before Christmas is coming to stage. People are like, yeah. I am there. Really? Cool. I'm, I'm out. Good. Ready to go. Yeah, it's just like they, they make all these other like they made Miss Doubtfire into a musical, and I'm like I mean, did that need, that need to happen? Yeah, that and School of Rock. <laughs> yeah, School. Of, they, they they've made so many movies into musicals, but not actually movies that were actually musicals into uh, musicals. Right, <laughs> I'm like, right. Oh, I this stuff so easily, so easily. But I like to keep putting that out there in the universe. Just like, come on, someone, someone take him, take that me up. Sounds on like it. a I, that I, sounds like a Kickstarter, David. Uh, yeah, that Thornton yeah, joint. Yeah. Say, I, I, you got your Jack right here. I will drop everything at the you know, just to be there for Jack. I'm like, that would be. Plus, I want to see Oogie Boogie's number on stage. Oh my god! You're joking! <laughs> You're joking! <laughs> oh my god! It's like my my friend Corey, who was uh, he toured with the the the, the tour of Aladdin as genie for a while. He mm-hmm. he would be such a great Oogie Boogie too. And I'm like, oh my god, that that, that would be a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I'd pay. Oh yeah, that for sure. So. Um, I'm going to ask you a question that I'm sure you've been asked a thousand times before, but what can we expect in Terrifier 2? We've seen the trailer. I thought you were going to, when's the release date? I'm like, I don't know. No, no, I'm not going to do that to you because everyone else has done that. But we we actually were, when we were at um, uh, Days of the Dead in Chicago, we actually made a checklist every time someone asked it. We, we, and we didn't even start immediately on it. And by the end of the last day, we had at least a hundred some odd check marks on it by how many times we were asked when's it coming out. Well, so I, I, like, I, I swear I wasn't ever going to ask you that question during this podcast. I love it. Now I can't, I can't <laughs> speak for Dustin and Elena. I don't know if they were. No, I that. know that you have your question. No. That one, even Felissa Rose is like, don't ask that question. Like, but the, 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 the question I did want want to ask was the one I asked is what what can we expect out of Terrifier Terrifier Two? Sorry, Terrifier. That's the real name of Terrifier. I haven't even been drinking. So Godzilla. Yeah. Oh my God! You can just expect everything to be bigger and better than the first one. I'm. This is like the first film on like steroids, dialed up to eleven plus. Yeah, just like plus ultra, whatever you want to say, you know. <laughs> so would you would you liken it to uh, like Evil Dead Two from Evil Dead One, where yeah, like now yeah. they've got the you know everybody's a fan. We've got it. Let's make this mm-hmm. this is the movie that we wanted to make. Yeah, I, I, I even like because I, I like to call it T2, like Terminator 2. It's just like that you, Terminator 1 was great, but Terminator 2 just took everything to a new level. Everything was just bigger, better, everything. That's how I, I view Terrifier 2 is just like it's awesome. It's, 
it's oh my god it's it just the first kill scene alone is like god we'll probably have people walk out because of the gore it, we will be we won't be one of them we won't walk out on you. Oh, no. I, i'm excited there's so much that happens in this movie it is like a concert roller coaster ride it's just and it's a longer movie it's it's probably one of the longer longest like slashers that's ever come out too it's over it's right now clocking it over two hours about wow. two hours and 15 minutes long and, we, and uh, the the first cut of it was probably about two hours and 45 minutes yeah that's what i want to see i want to see that yeah. <laughs> it's just we're very ambitious with this one and damien cut as much as he could but he's like i can't cut anymore or we're gonna lose major you know plot beats and stuff like that and i'm like dude don't worry about it people are used to sitting through a three hour long marvel movie oh yeah yeah as well, long uh, as you keep I- the audience entertained that's what i mean people sat through midsummer and that was a long movie that was a long-ass yeah. movie. We're, we're fans the of the movie. Well, but the difference is, like, I, I, I liked it, too. But the, the difference is, like, it was a slow burn. Yeah. Terrifier is the opposite. It's just constantly just do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And we, we have a few lulls every once in a while because you have to. You have to get, let the audience breathe. But I think our longest lull in the movies may be seven minutes before something crazy happens again. So... It, I, I oh, especially especially once we get to the last third of the movie, it that's when it really just kicks into overdrive. It's like it's like okay, don't take a pee break. You're gonna miss something crazy. It's just like it's it doesn't let up once it gets to a certain point in the movie in Is one that location. That's happening with movies now where people are are ta- are willing to take in a three hour film. It seems, it like. seems like yeah, they just announced the new Batman movie is going to be almost three hours long. I'm Sounds still like, kind of salty that what's his name is Batman now. Robert Batman. I don't yeah. like him. I'm trying to like him. I just don't like him. And Bat- I, I'm, I, I, I'm a I huge Gothamite. I'm a nerd. I love Ooh. Batman. Me too. I'm a collector. I was going to bring up the Joker performance that you did because it was very reminiscent of Cesar Romero in the Adam well, West you. Batman. And I fucking loved it. Your The laugh was perfect. Your The personality you portrayed as a Joker was just on, on point and that, I loved it. I'd, I'd love but, to see that Joker in a yeah. feature film, actually. I mean, I yeah. would, t- I, I yeah. would do it more on a TV series, though, because it's like, oh, yeah, that way I have more time with the it's character. Developed. Yeah, I, that's I, true. I mm-hmm. A two hour yeah. movie. I can spend seasons with him and really yeah. dig in deep because there's so much meat to that character that never really gets explored in the movies, especially mm-hmm. the duality between the two characters of Batman and Joker and how they kind of need each other. It's like they yeah. complete each other in their own way. There's this like sick, demented dance they do with each other. I love it. Yeah, uh, I would. I really love digging deep with it and do it justice for once. I'm, yeah. I'm tired. I'm so fucking tired of Hollywood just ruining the character. It's just oh, like yeah. Suicide Squad version. What the oh. fuck was that? Fuck that version. I'm sorry. I'm tired of people like, hey, let's have the full cup. I'm like, no, I just hate. I hated that version as soon as I saw the first picture of him. I was like, no, no. It's like the tattoos of the jokes all over him. I'm like, no, that's too obvious. It's like, as Joker says, if you have to explain the joke, there is no joke. It's just exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, it's like, it's too obvious. It's like, ah, you're trying too hard. That's. That is like hot topic wish Joker. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even like. I don't even like the Harley Quinn they did. 
I don't know. She's yeah. just too much. She's too, hi, Mr. J. Like, she doesn't have an accent. I don't like it. Stop. Don't do yeah. this. I don't know. It's, it's just so, not my favorite. We played the drinking game crazy. at Dragon Con whenever they pass by. Oh, oh it's just like. They You're just, drunk within five minutes. <laughs> you, you just stick. Uh, I, I've always wanted to bring the comic book version to life. Yeah. And I think the only person that's really come close to doing that, even though we've never seen him do it live action, is Mark Hamill. I was about to say yeah. that. I was about that was- to say that. That was about to come out of my mouth. Yeah. Yep. It's like he understands that character. And he's had decades with that character. So he's, and you've seen him evolve yeah. the character. Oh, yeah. yeah. You see, it's really fun because, you know, I love the, the Arkham Asylum games. I played those yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Love those. But to get, after playing those and go back and watch the first few episodes of Batman the Animators, and you see how much he's evolved that character vocally. It's just like, wow, he's really, he, he started off just almost sounding normal and nice and cheery. And then he's just this dark, brooding, just guttural character by Arkham. And I love it. I was like, oh, he's so good. He's so, and to, and to watch him in the sessions when he's recording, it's like he's not one of those actors that just stands there and just reads the line. He acts it out while he's doing it. And that's how I am in the booth when I do voiceover. I, I can't just stand there. I have to act it out myself too. It's just like it it adds to the character and he's so good. And that's what I want to bring to screen. And it's like a lot of my my Joker is based on his Joker. And so I absolutely great. see that. And I a billion percent agree with you on Mark Hamill. He's the hands down just from an audio audio standpoint the best mm-hmm. Joker I've ever heard uh, yeah. um, with that type of performance, with the animated performances. To, now, to me, if I don't hear a little bit of a Mark Hamill voice in Joker, it just doesn't seem right. It's like hearing Bugs Bunny without the Bronx accent. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-uh. And that happened to me when I went to France and I, I saw some old Bugs Bunny cartoons in French. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> It's like he's like blip, 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 blip. I'm like no no it's gonna be and eh, what's going on here Doc what, what's 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 this what's the frenzy foo foo language here <laughs> I can't stand it oh my god that's funny <laughs> what a maroon but yeah that but you know going back to Robert Pattinson I I, I wanted to comment on that I was like I he's a great actor. I, I think he's mm-hmm. an absolutely fantastic actor, but I don't feel like he's right physically for Batman. Mm-hmm. He would be an amazing Dick Grayson, though. I agree with that statement, yeah. He would, and Dick Grayson's an awesome character, too. I, I don't think Dick Grayson gets the love that he deserves. I mean, he's actually a better Batman when he was Batman. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh my God, he would be an amazing Dick Grayson. But I just Physically, he <laughs> doesn't fit Bruce Wayne to me. And I, I understand he's supposed to be playing this reclusive, brooding Bruce Wayne. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's the thing. That's supposed to be Batman. That's yeah. that there. That's that's actually who he really is. But that's not who his public persona is supposed to be. His public persona is supposed to be this carefree playboy. So people don't suspect him of being Batman. Because mm-hmm. if right. you saw this this brooding billionaire that's you know rarely comes out of hiding and stuff like that, it's like, oh yeah, Batman. he's definitely like, Batman. Yeah. That dude's <laughs> definitely Batman. Yeah, like, like uh, the the he's not that he's not an attractive human. I'm sorry, he's just not to me. Like when they said Twilight, <laughs> he is the most attractive vampire in the world. I was like, bitch, where? Okay, because I don't. <laughs> see him. It ain't there. Okay, he's so sparkly. 
I was like, man, the books are bad too. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't see it. I was like, he doesn't have that facial structure. Like, um, what's his face? He's dating Jennifer Lopez now. Ben Affleck. He actually mm-hmm. looked really good as Batman. Oh my like, god, he yeah. Got yeah, jacked. I, yeah. I actually was he, really he, excited he, to see him continue in that yeah, and develop yeah. that a little more. And then he just stopped. And I was like, Oh, I know. Man. I actually liked him as Batman and Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I thought like, no, he looks like I imagined Bruce Wayne being, and he 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 moved and acted like Batman should. I felt like the fight scenes. I was like, I honestly oh, thought God. they put him in a silicone bodysuit until I saw his training regimen. I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, he got jacked for that. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that he wasn't given better movies to actually play Batman. In. He, Batman doesn't have any like swagger in his no. step Mm-mm. anytime you no. see it's always square, straightforward, mm-hmm. you know. And I thought he did yeah. that really well, exactly because mm-hmm. he's, he's an expert fighter, he's not. Tra- Expert fighters aren't trying to be cocky and all that kind of stuff. He's just like he know he's his his he he knows what he's doing. He doesn't have to be cocky and arrogant like that. He even looked like the cartoon version when we were kids with Mark Hamill yeah. Joker. He actually looked like that cartoon Batman. Like the he has the whole jaw, structure, the everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I I completely agree, and I also I'm like I, I I love Paul Dano. I think when I first heard he was playing Riddler, I was like, oh my gosh, he's perfect. But I don't like the look of Riddler in this. That that whatever they're doing to him, I'm like, oh, why does Hollywood have to do this? Why do they have to like? Must be really different. I'm like, no, just stick to the comic. I'm like, and there have been so many different interpretations of Riddler in the comics, so they're different, you know, ways you could dress him up. But this this thing with the 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 mask over his head and he looks basically like a green clansman with goggles. <laughs> just like <laughs> Zodiac killer type thing. I'm like, uh, I, 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 yeah. I like him being in the suit in the, you know, the bowler hat or something like that. You know, just like, well, it's the vaudeville nature of it. It's the yeah. cartoon. Yeah. It's the, you know, cause it's always that, that Batman being so square and stringent. Mm-hmm. His, his villains are usually very, wiry and, and mm-hmm. playful and, and bouncy yeah. and that well, always keeps with, that with riddler he's so arrogant he's oh, yeah. he believes mm-hmm. he's the smartest man in the room so he would be dressing to the nines in my opinion he would be like i am the best one here i'm superior to all of you he would not be dressing like it's like you know extreme delusion of grandeur yeah it's just yeah. like uh just see it's, it's like just stick to the comics but i have to say I have to say I like what they because I was a big detractor when they first cast him was Colin Farrell's Penguin. I was like, "What the hell, Colin Farrell, Penguin? What? What? That He's is the weird choice." Yeah, yeah, the same yeah. guy. But, oh my Bull god, Bull look, yeah. But the makeup they have him in, I mean, it was like, "Oh my god, that's that does look like how Penguin should look." That's that's good. <laughs> I like this. I like this look. Wow. Okay, I stand corrected. Well done. Well, yeah, I'm not judging it until I see it. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I've got yeah. an open mind to it. I'm. They judged Keaton at first, and Keaton was a fantastic. Oh yeah, Batman, so. yeah. So I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, I was I was very judgmental of Heath Ledger as Joker when they first cast him. I was like, why are they casting this pretty boy? It's like, oh my god. I had just seen Brokeback Mountain before yeah. I watched it, and it was by accident. I didn't mm-hmm. know. I know that sounds weird. My mom and I were decorating for Christmas, and then all of a sudden, because <laughs> we didn't know we're decorating picture. for Christmas, we're chilling, we're hanging out, and then all of a sudden, this movie comes on, and like they're making out, and I look at her, she goes, "What the fuck is going on here? They're fucking." <laughs> 
out. We got to watch it now. I got to know what happens. And then, then, then he's Joker. And I was like, huh? Huh? Yeah. All right. I would never oh. have cast him as Joker. It was just like, it was, and he blew everybody away. Oh yeah. yeah he he, was like, he created a Joker. Yeah. Yeah. That was his Joker. It's, it's, it's I mean, not that was even not Joker Joker. of the comics at all. No, but. that's just not even really Joker. That's, Heath Ledger's joke. So dark. This character he made up was amazing. I was oh, like, yeah. oh my. I, I went back and watched it a second time with theater, which I hardly ever do, especially at that time I was without a job, so I was really tight on cash. But I wanted to go see it again just for his performance. I was like, I love his performance. I, I, I sat there and studied his performance. So I was like, this is, I need to learn from this. Yeah. This I liked that great. nervous, like that thing yeah. he was doing yeah. like that cool and that all came because guy. of just the, the makeup he was wearing he was always mm-hmm. just, and he just incorporated that into the character i'm like that's brilliant those little yeah. things that happen like that are just i love that kind of stuff where it's like yeah it's just like okay that's i mean that that happens with me with characters too sometimes i develop little ticks or something like that with the character only when i'm in, in the makeup because then you discover new nuances and stuff like that it's like oh yeah. okay <laughs> I will, I'll just play this up more or something like that. And that's what he did. I was going to ask you, because I'm a makeup nerd. Um, with Art the Clown, is that an actual whole silicone mask or is it separate yes. prosthetic pieces? It's one giant okay. piece that's just glued. And oddly enough, it's not the one that was molded to my face. It's the one that uh, Damien molded to Mike Gianelli's face. He made a mm-hmm. cast of my face. But and you see that version at the very end of the movie where uh, the police come get me, and you know, so it looks like my cheekbones are a little bit more pronounced and stuff like that. And Damien just did not like that mold, so he decided to keep Mike's mold. So I, I'm still using Mike's mold. So he just has to take extra care to make sure everything fits to my face. So he, it takes him a little longer to put. So it there's, on a, me. there's a little piece of Mike still in Terrifier. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah. Hashtag yeah. we don't like your face and we have to use someone else's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just make its face fit my face. It's, no, it's people don't funny. realize how hard it is to put on a different mold on somebody else's face because you have to do so much other extra shit as a makeup artist yeah. to get that to like be and the other actor has to be comfortable. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah, because Mike and I have different shaped faces <laughs> too. So it's like I, I have a very long angular face. He has a a uh, more round face. And so had it just, Damon's like, Oh, I'm just going to do beep, 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 beep. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. It's just like, oh, you, you would never know. You would never know. So he does the makeup for you himself too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he wow. does Solid. all of the, the makeup, all the prosthetics himself. It's like, and we had a That's helper on part amazing. two that did uh, basically everybody else, but Damon will not let anybody else. He, we had someone, uh, one of our friends come in who, who was on face off. And he just because like Damon was taking on so much and, and we had so many things to make it we had to do. And, and she's like, well, why don't I come in and help you with it? And for a few days she was doing my makeup and Damon's like, I, I no, 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 I want to do it. I want to do it. You're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. He's, he's very specific yeah. with everything. It's his baby. Yeah. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I, I completely protective. get it. Yeah. yeah, I totally. We have certain characters we create, and it's just like, why are you doing this? What did you do? Yep. You've done it wrong. There's a there's something off, and I don't like it. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that's I. It's kind of like how I feel about Joker when I see someone do it, and I'm like, no, that's not right. That's not right. I don't like it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let me show how it's done. <laughs> Was I, there ever a part of the costume or the or the mask that like 
got in the way of something you were trying to do. Oh God, it's the mouth all the time. The stupid the mouth. mouth. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Because it's because it's we, the first two films were using, um, uh, gelatin and, mm. and yeah, it's, 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 well, the gelatin does not hold up well with liquids Mm-mm. and, you know, the teeth I wear make me drool from time to time. And also we're filming in cold environments. So my nose runs a lot. And so I, you might see a lot of behind the scenes photos of me where I have tooth, uh, not toothpicks, but um, uh, Q-tips up my Q-tips. nose. I was doing the COVID test before anybody was doing it. <laughs> and I was doing that just to stop my nose from running all the time. Cause I can't blow my nose. So I'm just like, ah, God. and so it's so, so annoying. And you know, that, that little bit of liquid would destroy the mouth yeah. all the time. So Damon was constantly having to retouch my mouth and stuff like that, which is, is an annoyance. So we would always film like any of my close up shots first. So we could get that before the mouth was ruined. And then he would just constantly just have to touch me up later on. He would like have to cut up a piece of bald cap and just glue it on and paint over it and stuff like that. Or you just throw blood on it. Like, yeah, no, no, that little split there if we got blood on it and stuff like that. But it's, it can be such a pain in the ass. But um, recently uh, for the conventions, we started using the um, foam latex masks. Mm-hmm. And those are so much better. And uh, we've decided from now on we're, we got to do those because those don't get destroyed. That's for parts and three, like, four, and five. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we used them one for like a few days for Terrifier 2, and it was wonderful. It's like they never, he never had to do touch-ups on my mouth or anything like that. And it's like, and usually that's after every take, you would have to do a touch-up or something like that. And I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. And it's so much lighter on my oh. face too, and it's easier to take off. It takes all the glue off when it comes off too. I'm like, oh, I love this. So I'm not having to scrub for like an hour afterwards to get all the residual stuff off. Because that, that, that gelatin likes to stick in the glue and stay. And it's just like, ugh. See, people who can use latex are so lucky. I'm actually allergic to it. So I have to use everything. Uh, silicone. God. So it's A, expensive. B, the products, they're fantastic when they, they're, they're, they're great. But you have yeah. to use a certain cleaner to get it off. And it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah no. And then oh, he wears it? a silicone mask for his character. And the oh, sound yeah. it makes when it comes off is <laughs> It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's probably that's why I asked that because the the mask that I wore your mouth is so terrible. Well, on it. it's terrible, and the it actually has a full mouth piece mm-hmm. around the lip, but be, the weight of it because the silicone at the chin is very heavy, it pulls yeah. here. So you've got this air going in your mouth all the time, and it dries it just dries everything out. So uh, you're always like fighting your lip to keep it closed and, and oh it's it's a oh god it's horrible so I, I i have a lot of sympathy when you say yeah. you know like the mouth and, and this part of the mask is is stopping me from conveying what i'm trying to do it, it, it would it would because you would sometimes want me to make some very exaggerated facial expressions i'm like dude if i do it i'm going to like my mouth is going to fall apart i'm like i'm trying but it's i'm trying not to let this thing just go blah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's horrible like oh my god we especially it's if we're, if it's warm, that's even worse because of sweat. That that's mm-hmm. it, that destroys it. We we had um, when during COVID, we can't went in for a pickup one day during the during the summer, and I was sweating so much that it, it, if my jaw literally just came off and was just hanging, 
at one point he just had to keep on coming back and sticking <laughs> back. I'm like, I'm, and I, I looked like a stroke victim, really. I was just like, <laughs> my whole face is just going, I'm like, oh no, oh no. And he only had one, so we just had to keep on reapplying more glue to it. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's 90 degrees, guys. <laughs> it's like, this is not easy. But the foam latex, have no problem with that. It's just, it's that stuff just stays. Once it's there, it's there until you have to remove it. Oh, it's for sure on. It is on there. It's just, those masks are harder to make because you have to bake them or there's a whole process involved when it's more expensive and stuff like that. But, you know, you know, hopefully for Terrifier 3, we'll have that kind of budget where we can really do that because it'll it'll be well worth it. it. It'll save us so much time because like anytime I had to go, as I called it, go to triage, that was like 45 minutes or so that would lose and, uh, and set, which sucks when you're racing the sun. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh God. So it's like anything to save time because time is money on those sets. So with that character, do you, I know you, who is your main uh, inspiration with, with that character? I think Charles asked that, but do you have mm-hmm. any like horror characters that you look after, um, look up to, or any book characters that you like in the horror realm that you, mm-hmm. you know, think of? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, of course, Joker. I mean, that's a huge influence right there for the character. That's, uh, that's one of my big ones. Freddy Krueger as well. I, 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 I mean, I based art on both all those villains and also the the great silent film actors and great physical comedians so there's a you know i, I kind of look at art as being like the bastard child of freddy krueger and harpo marx or an evil mr bean this is like that's or how mr. i look bean. at it yeah <laughs> so that'd be is- crazy they pull the mask off and it's mr bean especially with the uh the, the reveal scene where where uh art shows the the girl the woman hanging upside down oh, yeah it's so classic like vaudeville presentation that he did that the character does where he rips the, the the tarp away and it's this grand step and and show and yeah you know, so that really shows through in that Oh yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> what was uh, filming that scene like? Oh, I'm, I'm super curious about there, that. There's so much shtick that didn't even make it into the movie. Like there's there was a bit when I was actually sawing through, and I take a break because I'm like, okay, and then back at it. it just, I, I, I did. I, I there's probably you know two or three times more. You know footage that we didn't use of the shtick I was doing. So it's just, it's, it's crazy, especially on part two. Oh my God. There's one scene in particular where it's like, they probably have an hour or so of footage of me just fucking around with props. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's well, I'd great. Like, I'd like to see that. Put that on the DVD. We want the horror nerd version of stuff. Like what's the creation yeah. process and go. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, and we we deliberately did a lot of uh, behind the scenes filming for part two, just so we could have extras stuff, and and, and so I'm, I we have a lot of good bloopers in there too. I, I hope one of them especially makes it because I thought it was hysterical. It sounds gross, but I think it's hysterical. It's like one one night, it's like you, you see the 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 a little bit of the scene where I'm rearing back in the trailer and coming down with a club. And one of the takes, I was rearing back, and apparently the beef tips I had for dinner that night didn't agree with me. And I'm like, (laughs) 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 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm fart the clown tonight. <laughs> it was, it was, it was that kind of stuff. It's like yeah, we, we all got so comfortable with each other on set. It's just like we had so many of those kind of things going on. It's just like we, we were like a family. So it's like, yeah, okay. okay. You got to add the mood in, you know, make it a little less... Oh you know, yeah, lighthearted. Oh yeah, I was like, I, 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 mean, I, I swear, Elliot outdid me with the gas attacks, though, because like I think it's all the vegan food he was eating. So it's just like we had the—he'll kill me for telling this story. I'm sure of it, but it's—I think it's a funny story. It's like it's one night and one's big scenes were filming near the end of the movie, and it's late in the morning. We're tired. We're sitting down on the crash pad and stuff like that, waiting for them to set up the next shot. And Elliot's sitting behind me. He's like, hey, David. He's like, you sound so tired. I'm like, yeah, buddy. What is it? And he's like, like, it shook the ground. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I could not stop laughing for like five minutes. I was just like, damn. It's like, uh, what my parts are always so fucking funny. It's just it was hysterical. But it was, he was just so, he sounded like such an innocent little child. <laughs> and he just lets out this like gut buster. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and his dad's over there going, that's my boy. <laughs> He's ready for liftoff. Yeah. I was like, damn, you took flight. My nephew pulled one at the right. Re- you remember when we went to Maggiano's with him and he goes, hey, and he passes by, and we were like, jeez. And then it stunk too, and I was like, oh, hey, man. no. Hey, hey we was this eating. one didn't we stink. Eating, I was so man. happy. I was like, we were eating, man. My mouth is open. Man. <laughs> yeah. like, you, got, you got me. You got Take me. Off. Oh, I, I'm going to be like 90 years old and I'll still be laughing hysterically at fart jokes. I'm like, I, it's just, I, I swear probably the first joke I ever made was a fart joke. It had to have been. It's just like, I, I think they're funny. Well, I, watch I can't the fart help it. Eternal. I watch, fart humor is always yeah, eternal. Yeah. eternal. Yeah. You watch the guy it's on so YouTube, funny. the Jack Vale videos, when he's in Walmart and Target and he's got the little fart machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All those are great. I, I, I love it also like where they're like, dogs do it it's like there's like i remember this like this one video i saw where it's like someone had done all these things with his pug that was farting he like he like blow ping pong balls away or something like that it's like jumping up on the couch and it's trying to get that extra little oomph and it goes and like makes it it's like this is it's so i'm like i should not be laughing nearly as much as i am but i'm just like crying while i'm watching this kind of stuff it's like uh, there's also the, the the video that one televangelist and someone he's they they put edited in all these farts every time he's oh. making a face or something like that so he's like and you go all this it's just like oh my god i i i think they call him the farting preacher or something like that nice. but i found it years ago and i, I was like found a video snakes fart i just found i just found this out like actual snakes fart they do yeah i was like wait what and then i looked it up to make sure it was true it's a fact like they actually fart and it's weird it it like shakes the, the glass on their little cages <laughs> not cages their little aquarium things whatever the fuck those are i and have I'm to like, look this up it reverberates it's weird yeah oh true my story. god that's, that's hysterical oh my mm-hmm. god 
I love it. I think it's hysterical. And like, because everybody does it. It's just, it's funny. (laughs) I did not know snakes do that. So thanks for that that piece of information. You're welcome. I mean, now on Horror 421, the more you know. (laughs) The more you know. (laughs) (laughs) Or like when you're in class and you sneeze and you accidentally fart when you're in class. Like that's like the most humiliating thing to happen. Okay, I will tell you the most humiliating thing that ever happened to me. This is why I don't do yoga. Oh, no. <laughs> because when oh, I no. first moved here to New York, I have—I don't think I've ever told people this story like in this kind of situation. It's usually one-on-one type of thing. But who cares? We're, we've crossed the Rubicon. <laughs> we're friends. We're friends yeah, and family. We're friends here. <laughs> yeah. But I, it was like when I first moved here to New York and uh, this girl I had a crush on, she was a, uh, she was an actress, but she was also a yoga instructor. And she's like, she invited me to her yoga studio because they're doing free classes that weekend and stuff like that. And my roommate, who was one of my friends back in college, she's like, hey, I'll totally be your wingman on this and stuff like that. And like, I do yoga all the time. I've been wanting to try out that studio. So let's go. You know, I'll make you look good and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, OK, let's do this. So I go in there and I'm the one guy in this class of all these really just smoking hotties. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, no, this is already bad because I've never done yoga before. I'm going to look like a (laughs) fool trying to do this stuff. And I'm just sitting there and I'm doing one of the stretches and I just and it was not just a it was one of those like (laughs) balloon farts. And I was like, oh no. And I tried to just contain myself and to play it off that it wasn't me. You couldn't recover. I from got that. oh no, I got the nervous giggles. And my roommate sitting next to me and she's just going <laughs> And that made me laugh more, made her laugh more. And everybody I'm like, oh God. Oh God. And the girl I like is teaching the class. Too. So I'm like, oh god! And I, I totally planned to ask her out after that class. I'm like, I can't do that now. <laughs> she heard it and she's not. Yeah, and my roommate's like, Dave, don't worry. Everybody does. It happens all the time in these classes. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I was in front of her. I can't. Do it. I'm like, ah, oh, God, my life. Oh, it's ending. Oh no. So I've never gone back to do yoga ever since then. Because like, nope, can't do that to myself ever again. You were like nervous fart, and it's a long fart, and then you like clench, and you're like, and then it goes. <laughs> <laughs> you're like me oh no <laughs> or like you're just trying not to let it out and it squeaks out like in class yeah. and it's like you know all yeah. those like wooden chairs you're sitting in and that's when it always makes the biggest sound too and you're like it echoes and reverberates like oh god it's like jesus no farts are okay farts are good just as long as they don't yeah. turn into sharks if they turn into sharks <laughs> Then you're oh, a toast. God. That's that's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> we were at a party. I was at a party once and I had a friend. They were sitting there and they were really drunk laying on the recliner. And then all of a sudden they tooted and they were like, huh. And I was like, you, you thought about that too hard. And they were like, oh, no. And I was like, you sharded, didn't you? And he was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, you just, you just going to lay there? Yeah, I can't get up. And I was like. Oh, that's nasty. So we like, oh, it was so bad. I was like, now oh, we call no. him shitty boo boo. Shitty boo boo. Yeah. I, I just remember that. It was like back in the day. 
Like, my friends and I were having a fart competition. It was just Mm-mm. being stupid in college. <laughs> we're just being stupid. A drunk, stupid night in college. And one of my friends, she comes in and is like, oh, yeah, guys? And she's like, Phew. and she goes, uh-oh. And he just runs out of the room. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> she didn't come back. No, she didn't come, come back. She was like, oh, there goes Robin. Nice. I was like, bye, Robin. I like, found did. her later, and I'm like, what happened? She's like, I shit myself. I farted so much. I shit myself. I'm like, I, I was like, I'm just going to face y'all again. I was like, hey, it was a good fart. At least it was a good one. You know, you yeah. went out with like a champ. Yeah, I, I, oh, yeah, but it was just—it was so funny because she just like, yeah, how about this? Uh oh, <laughs> just runs away. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Gotta go. This is the first time I burped in front of you, oh, but because I have acid reflux, so I have like these oh, monumental yeah. like monstrosities of burps, and I hate it. And I—I mm-hmm. I told him I was like, hey, I've been really trying to be like. I've been trying to not do this in front of you, but we had Friendsgiving and I just couldn't. And then his friends were like, what the fuck? And he goes, I've never been more aroused. <laughs> <laughs> so it made it a little bit better. And that was, that was our first Thanksgiving together. So oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> I was like, that's what I think is funny is like, uh, back in the day when I, I did choir tour with my church choir back in high school and middle school and stuff like that, there was this like one girl <laughs> She, I, mean, I think I was maybe sixth grade, no, eighth grade, eighth grade. She was like a senior that year. And she was like this smoking hot blonde. And we were having a belching contest on the bus. And she outdid everybody. She just, and I was like, whoa, that came out of you. It's like, that's amazing. You are awesome now. Because she's not the type of person you would ever suspect of being able to belch like that. She's like, yeah, but I'm like, you just became that much hotter to me. <laughs> it's like, I love that. Because I like the, the people that can be prim and proper, but also can just get down and dirty at the same time, too. And just like, yep, yeah, I'm only human. I'm like, that's, that's the best You don't take yourself too seriously. And I'm like, I love that. I love that. So, yay. Just don't belch into his face when you're kissing him. That's all. That would be weird. That's horrible. No, you've never done that. No, don't do that. Near my face before while you were talking, and I was like, "You ate Chick Fil A, didn't you? You did. You did. I tasted it a little bit. Chick Fil A (laughs) will make you gassy anyway. So it's immediate. It's like thirty minutes or less. You're like, oh, that was uh, yeah, burning. I I made that mistake when I was doing Grinch because it, it, it. Oh no. Yeah, for the longest time, we didn't have a Chick-fil-A here in New York. So it had been mm-hmm. years since I had Chick-fil-A. And it was when we were in Arizona on tour. And my dad was in – he came out to see me on tour. And he went out and grabbed me some Chick-fil-A before the show. And I'm like, yes, Chick-fil-A. I ate a whole, like, eight thing of chicken tenders. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and I'm out there. And thank God our costumes for Grinch for our Who, our who people were these big – duck looking pods that we were in we had like little duck tails mm-hmm. basically and i'm like oh because we had to do so much jumping around and i was just kind of like love christmas love christmas <laughs> and it's like oh my god i was at the whole entire show i was like oh no i'm like i'm so glad this pod is trapping it all in that i oh god i went to take off my pod 
for when I had to do a costume change. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> He had his own. He had his own Dutch oven going on right there. Oh my god! <laughs> it was like Chernobyl Everybody in there. Everybody likes their own brand, don't they? Yeah, it was like, oh no! I felt so sick because we we had people that helped us in and out of those cars, and she opens it. She's like, <laughs> like I'm sorry, I had Chick Fil A. <laughs> Lesson learned. Oh my god! Never like, fart in character in a haunt room. Those rooms are small. Those rooms oh, are yeah. small. I did it once and I felt bad. I'm telling a really <laughs> personal story. I don't care at this point. And I was in my yeah. hiding spot and all I know is a group came in. And like, oh my God, it stinks in here. I didn't scare that group. I just was like, I'll wait. I'll wait. No one, I'll wait. I'll just wait. I'll stay in the, spot. in the corner. I'm just going to hide. I'll be a prop for a little bit. <laughs> I was mortified. I was, and I ate Chick Fil A before I went in my room. Do it. It's so it. good. <laughs> it's so good. It's just like, oh, but ooh, ooh. yeah. <laughs> Give you a good colon cleanse. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that and a Cracker Barrel French toast. <laughs> he loves Cracker Barrel. This one right oh, here. Oh, I do too. He's like the Joe um, Bob of Cracker Barrel. I, I do too. Oh, anytime I'm on the road, I'm like, if I'm if I'm on the interstate and I see a Cracker Barrel, I'm like, gotta go Cracker Barrel. It is cheap and it's good. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. It's, so, it's the hash brown casserole. It's fucking for me. everywhere. And it's, it's the hash brown casserole. The signs are on the interstate, yeah. just tempting you. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot Coming of food. Chicken and dumplings. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. The bre- I always have to get breakfast there. I don't care what time of day it is. Uh, the breakfast it. Cracker Barrels was fantastic. I, I I love their French toast. I just love their French toast. I love their biscuits. It's just like, oh. I get really that. weird looks from people taking my order. Well, you get the big granddaddy's old timer's order. Not only that, you <laughs> order a side of pancakes with it. And then whatever I don't eat, you finish. <laughs> Literally, the whole plate is gone. And they'll come back five minutes later like, the fuck is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. It's a black hole yeah. in there. Yeah, it is. He's a bottomless pit. It's it's really yeah. bad. It'll catch up with you one day. It, it finally oh, yeah. with me. I was no, always hard, able yeah. to see him. It sucks. <laughs> no, I can, sucks. I can already tell. I, I, I recently had to start checking my cholesterol. I was like, oh, no. So I'm like changing my diet now. I'm like, this is weird. I cut bacon out of my daily routine. I'm like, oh, I miss bacon. Yep. <laughs> I actually white girled. I was so mad at Cracker Barrel because they took off my yogurt parfait. I was pissed. I was like, "Are you kidding me right now?" You don't take away a parfait. Everybody likes a parfait. Everybody <laughs> likes parfait. Talk to you all the time. Hey, why you take my parfait away, Shrek? <laughs> my parfait. You doesn't like a parfait. Oh my god. <laughs> Man, I like that boulder. That's a nice boulder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's just donkey just slipped out of me. (laughs) Extremely accurate. It was was extremely accurate, donkey. Actually, you play the animated donkey. Oh, I I love Eddie Murphy. Before or after he sold out to kids' movies? I don't care. It's Eddie Murphy. This true. It's true. I was like, I, even watching him in like Dolomite and like uh, coming to America too. I was like, that's Eddie Murphy. 
And when he I didn't met, see when the he, second Coming to America I, I yet. To, I, oh my God, Wesley Snipes in this movie steals the show, though. Oh really? Yeah, he does. Oh my God, it, he is just hysterical. You can tell he's having the time of his life. He's just strutting around. Just it's like something I've never seen Wesley Snipes do before. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. Then like, again, a lot, a lot of people have seen him dress as a drag queen either, but we all remember that. Is that. True. that is true. Fantastic film. I'm sorry. I love that. Yeah. Everybody just thinks mm-hmm. of him as Blade. Or, you this know, is Demolition true. Man, you know, action action hero guy. Like, oh, no, he can do mm-hmm. comedy. He's, he's funny. He is funny. Yep. <laughs> to Wong Fu. I remember that movie. It's yeah. actually one of my favorite movies of all time. I have not seen that in ages, though. Watching it again would be like watching it fresh. It's like, ah. Uh, well, that's just fun to do. So funny. Yeah, well, yeah. that's how I am. That's how I'm with books. So um, Elena just mm-hmm. read a book called Hell House written by uh, Robert Matheson. Back Richard. Richard, Richard Matheson. Uh, <laughs> the name but Richard, back, he wrote the book back in the 70s, and I read it in like mm-hmm. 1985. And then she just read it. She said, oh, my God, have you read this amazing book? I was like, yeah, like in 1985. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, I could read it now, and it'll be like oh. reading a brand new book. Cause, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, that's how I am watching the the Wheel of Time series right now on Amazon. I'm like, because I read the whole entire 15 book series and it was fantastic. And I'm like, that's been about eight years. So I'm like, I'm just like, oh, God, I forgot about all this. Yeah. Oh, there's so much. There's so much. And it's just starting like, oh. I wanted to get into that, but I never read the books. And I hate not reading the books first. Oh, so good. It's so good. But so far, it's been pretty accurate to the books in a lot of ways. So I was like, okay, they, I mean, they've taken some liberties, but it's been pretty accurate. I, I, I love book series. I, I love book series. Cause like, if you like a character, uh, then you want to keep reading about that character. And I'm like, uh, I'm, I, I read the, um, the uh, R.A. Salvatore um, Dritz, the dark elf series from forgotten realms. <laughs> There's like over 30 books in this series. They're all like 400 something page books. And I, I am on the, the current new book now. And I'm just like, oh, they're so good. <laughs> they're so good. Do you prefer fantasy novels or do you have a genre that you prefer more than others? I, I'm more big into the fantasy. I, I like magic and all that kind of stuff and or like mythology. So like I it sounds so childish, but I love all the Rick Reardon, like Percy Jackson type books. Because I love anything to do with you know Greek gods or any mythology, and he's done a great job with those. Where he's not just done Greek legends; he's done Egyptian and Norse mythology, and they're all in the same universe. So these they all interact with each other. These characters go from different books to other books and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is great! I love it. He's built a whole entire world, and I love it. And it's supposed to be for young, you know. You're like readers, and I don't care. It's entertaining. It's good. Right. It's fun. It's like yeah, that's how Harry Potter was for me. It's like this is good. I'd like because I was I actually studied to be an elementary school teacher, mm-hmm. and that's when um, the fourth Harry Potter book was coming out. And my mom's like, "Hey, you need to read these books because your students are going to be reading them." And I'm like, "Ugh, uh, they're going to be stupid, cheesy little kitty books." And I read the first chapter of the first book, and I was like, "Oh my." God, I love this. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. And I was, I was like, this is, oh my God. And, and I was like, oh, wow. I, I need to actually read some more of these kind of, you know, young adult type of books or whatever they call them. Yeah. They're good. They're actually, there's some actually. Did you ever get into the Cirque du Freak? 
series. No, no. They're actually really, really good. I, I, I saw the movie mm-hmm. and then I was like, well, they never made another one. It was supposed to, but I started reading the books and they were absolutely phenomenal. I think cool. it's like 12 books, but cool. they're almost like the series of unfortunate events type length. But they're okay. so good. I highly recommend them. I don't think they're quite young adult quite yet, but it doesn't mm-hmm. fucking matter because they're amazing anyway. Those yeah. are great books. I highly recommend those to anybody. That's cool. I'm always happy to find a new new book series because, you know, it's like, yeah, like when I'm I'm done with this next Dritz book, I'm like, oh, I got to wait forever for I'm like, not forever. I'm like, he's not like, you know, George R. R. Martin where he takes like a <laughs> decade to write a book. Like Salvatore like basically cracks out like a book or two every year, which is amazing. I'm like, it's like, he's like Stephen King. He just keeps bored and just writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. But it's like, yeah, I'm always have to find new ones. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I I like the stormlight archive series and uh, the Kingslayer chronicles and stuff like that. It's just like, they're all so good. So good. So yeah. You're talking about mythology. Do you have a mythological character that you would, want to portray or you think That's you would a do a good question. job portraying oh god hermes hermes I would love to do yeah hermes would be a lot of fun or loki loki yeah but i mean everybody's gonna think of you know you know the you know marvel yeah, the more oh, marvel like, loki. Yeah. yeah 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 but you know just i like the trickster what? gods those are always fun i i really <clears throat> i get why everybody likes loki the marvel mm-hmm. loki but he's to me he's too clean yeah i agree yeah. For that particular mythology, but I mean it's Marvel. I get it, but oh, I yeah. really yeah, would especially like, when you like read to like a, Norse mythology. It's like right. I would, oh yeah. boy, did Loki I really want to see a, a dirty Loki of the Earth, like yeah. that yeah. type of Loki, come up and and be mischievous and use the Earth as in a mischievous way. Mm-hmm. To, you know, to to trick to trick people. That would be mm-hmm. a really cool character to see. Yeah, I agree with that statement too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I just I, I just love those kind of characters. It's like yeah, it's like you know, I always feel like Hades always gets the bum rush too. It's like no, he wasn't an evil character. Hades was just the Lord of the Underworld. He wasn't a bad guy. Well, that's a that's like a misconception with Underworld. Yeah, we, we always because of you know typical conditioning, we we Underworld we assume is a place of hell or punishment, yeah. but that's not really true in almost any other religion Actually, besides Christianity. <laughs> It's yeah. described so beautifully. You're like, I'd rather go there. Like, it sounds prettier. Like the way they describe I mean, it's it, it's just another just, place. It's the not, imagery yeah. of it all was yeah. actually really just, oh, yeah. yeah. Just Greek mythology <laughs> in general is so much more appealing to me. It's just like I, I, I find it so much more relatable because the gods have human characteristics. They, they have flaws. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. relatable, and that, that's why I like them. Like, they're none of them are oh. great people necessarily. They all have done some oh. shitty things, especially Zeus. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like he's a bastard. He's also a, a right bastard. Yep. Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. So that's why uh, every I family think, tree you look at, Zeus, he on there. Yep. Yup. <laughs> yup. <laughs> it's just that, but that makes him more interesting because they, yeah, yeah, they they have their flaws, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's you know, I, growing up in the church with Christianity, it's like, yeah, this is kind of boring. <laughs> Well, omnipotence is is boring. Yeah, there's there's nowhere to go from there. Yeah, it's too you know too much too you know goody two shoes. I'm like, I mean, I growing up with you know comic books like Superman, I always kind of felt was a little bit boring to me in a lot of ways. He, I hated Superman. He he was just too perfect. It's like I I liked 
Peter Parker, you know. Or, That's my guy. So, yes. or, yeah. Because he's oh, like, yeah. there's a guy that was struggling, you know, to balance all these different facets of his life, his job, his romantic life, his, you know, because he wasn't rich or anything like that. He wasn't perfect. He got injured. He got, you know, it's like, yes, he was always interesting. He was a geek. He was smart right. and he used his brain too. And I love that. It's like, that's, I always kind of like the Marvel characters more in that way because they're more relatable. They, they weren't all perfect characters. They're like, I guess you could consider like the, the comic book characters now, the newer gods right now in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, that's, for sure. That kind of mythology. Just, yeah. Well, you're watching, you're just watching mythology play out. Yeah. That's really in real time, as opposed to us thinking about, you know, five or however many thousands of years ago. Yeah. Now we're seeing it happen in real time. Yeah. Yep. That's so true. It's like, yeah, we don't have any billionaires actually taking on like the Batman mantle and doing badass things. Nope, no, no. They're just making rockets that look like penises and flying to space for a few minutes to serve their own egos. We can't pierce the space unless it looks like a phallus. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're also smoking pot with Joe Rogan. So, I mean, there's that too. So. Oh, yeah. That too. Mike Myers did that with Dr. Evil years ago. You know, yeah. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant <laughs> wang. <Get him. laughs> oh my goodness! God, those are great. We need a new Austin Powers movie. Yeah, we do. I'm a fan. We they were supposed to have that. one after Gold Member, and I think it was supposed to be more centered on. Um, why did I just forget Doctor Seuss's son's name? Scotty. Scotty. Doctor Evil. That's worse than Robert. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> His name was Rob. It was Rob. Rob. I Robert. do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them. Sam, I, I would watch that movie. <laughs> I would. I would watch the <laughs> shit out of that movie. <laughs> well, he did do Cat in the Hat. You dirty. Yeah, he did. He did. That is my favorite Cat in the Hat too. And my dad, my dad, who is a pastor. He was like, this is not a children's movie. I'm like, oh, you're no. damn right. It's awesome. I mean, he literally like, looks at a hoe and he goes, you dirty hoe. And like, <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. I love you. Love that movie. <laughs> it's like, wow. Oh, my gosh. It's just like, wow, crazy. Crazy. Oh, my God. We just don't have good comedies right now anyway. That's the thing. We that's don't really thing. have good movies coming out either. Everything's just a remake. They have run out oh, of ideas. That's not true. That's not, not everything, true. but it's it's out there, but at least with Disney. Well, yeah, that's horse. <laughs> don't ruin the original. Well, one thing I miss <laughs> in animated films and, and they're okay, but uh I, I miss like true animation. Everything is yes. computer generated now and yes. I, don't, I don't like that look. Particularly, yeah, I think their last one was Princess yeah. and the Frog, and I am like, yeah. yeah, and I love, I love yeah. the hand drawn animation. There's something special about it. Exactly. Yeah. I would like something like uh, Heavy Metal to come out again. Oh yeah, and, and I don't know if there's something has come out, but I haven't <clears throat> seen it. If, if something has, that's you know mm-hmm. that kind of animation that closest yeah. you can get is yeah. the, the the Love, ro- love the, Sex and Robots. Yeah, on Netflix, which is from mm-hmm. people that made Heavy Metal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you look at old movies like Pinocchio, it, everything was painted and it was yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And now it's all just the faces are different. There's no human characteristics at all about them, you know? Yeah. So like you yeah. said, it loses that special. And they don't have the really good music. I mean, they have the music in them, mm-hmm. but there's something, 
the the Mencken days of Disney, you know, the Alan Mencken days, Tim Rice, all that time, you know that 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 that, that Renaissance of Disney in the late eighties, early nineties, uh, the music in the movies was just mm-hmm. mm, so good. It's just I I don't know what it is. It's like it, it seems like most of the Disney movies now the music feels more like pop mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. It's well, like, it could be that it's being made to sell. Yeah. It's not, it's kind of like following the algorithm. Let's, you yeah. know, and you're probably just tired of hearing the beat hit at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's there's like, no originality in it. Like one, of the, one of their movies, I always say, is so underrated. And it just because the music and the visuals in it was Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I, I like the music that in Hunchback is gorgeous. Is my favorite. It's so good. It's just, oh. Like, I wanted know, to be Esmeralda heaven, as a kid. I actually oh, yeah. every costume, every costume oh, like, yeah. I had it. I wore it to the movie theater. I was like, I am, I am her. Well, her she's song. me. That song <sighs> is such a beautiful song. It's a moving song. You know, God mm-hmm. held the outcast. It's a great one. Then the Heaven's Light Hellfire out there. All those they're just so good. Just but the bells of Notre just the theme that that mm-hmm. da, 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 The movie the had so and, much meaning though. It was oh, so beautiful. Such a good it's such an underrated film. It just like I love that film. Love yeah, that you're, film. Boy, yeah. You're absolutely right. And I we raised a daughter and she was born in nineteen ninety five. So she mm-hmm. wanted all those Disney movies. So I took her to the movies, got the videotapes, and th- those movies are amazing. They're, they're, they yeah. just are compared to what's out today. And one that and, jumped and, right and, out at me is Aladdin. Aladdin, mm-hmm. freaking the the music oh, in Aladdin. I was obsessed with Aladdin. I was obsessed. I mean, Robin Williams, you can't go wrong. Oh, my with gosh. The genie. But th- that whole movie I was obsessed with. I, mm-hmm. I had the soundtrack. I listened to that soundtrack all the time. Loved the music, everything. And that's the thing. It's like you, you see how impactful that music is on people. Because I've, I've done karaoke at places with, you know, at horror convention, other places like that, where it seems like it would be a tough crowd, you know, if someone did a kiddie type of song for karaoke. Because everybody's doing all these rock songs and all that. And I, I'm like, for shits and giggles, I one time just pulled out Be Our Guest at the convention. <laughs> and everybody went nuts. It was just like, ah, everybody was singing along with it. It was just like, it's like that. It's like, it's like it, those songs just bring out that. And, I, and it's not just been at conventions. I've done karaoke at bars here in New York, and I'll sometimes just do a Disney song. And that gets everybody in the room going. You'll get the bros in the corner, the 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 rich bitches on the side. All of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh my god, Disney!" They become <laughs> kids again. Yeah, and it, it's that's something about that. It, it speaks volumes about the music that was in those movies back then. Because you're not, you don't get that same. If someone gets up and sings "Let It Go" for karaoke, people are like, "Ugh." Please shut the fuck up. I yeah. hate that song. Yep, yep. If someone gets up and starts singing, you know, uh, uh, I'll make a man out of you from, you know, Mulan. People are like, yes, <laughs> let's get down to business. And like, everyone's like, yes. And, and you'll see guys in like Wall Street attire also like, yes, <laughs> I'll make a man out of you. It's like, yes, it's, it's, it's well, ah, that, yeah. that's that's the uh, that's another thing that I'm qu- not quite down with as of late is Disney's choice to, and I know it's a money grab and that's where mm-hmm. it is, but to go back and remake all these old classic animated oh. films in in real, you know, uh, what do you call it? 
live action. Yeah. I haven't seen any of them, so I hate talking badly about them, but I don't have any desire to see them. If I want to see the Lion King, I'll pop in the yeah. Lion King video from years ago. You know? Oh, the the, 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 the live action Lion King, which really wasn't live action because all that was computer animated. CGI, it yeah. was nowhere near as good as the original. It was just and it, it felt like the 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 making them look realistic took out so much of the emotion because mm-hmm. you know, with the animation you can exact you can show that emotion on the faces like that you know, like especially like when when Mufasa dies and Simba's reaction to him dying mm-hmm. you know, in the cartoon his eyes get big no and this is just like no because it's just a cat. You know, a lion cub, and it's just like, no. It's just, it's not, it doesn't hit the same. Scar, no, the, especially. The magic is in the lines. Yeah. The magic is in the, the bold yeah. line work of the face and in the, in the animation. It's, yeah. it's not, you know, you can't replace that. No, that, there's something not special possible. about the animation. It's just like that you can heighten emotions and stuff like that, but it still, is believable and relatable yeah. when you see it that way. And it's just well, like, I, I, I actually yearn for an old school Disney animated mm-hmm. film. I, I wish they would do that with something original. Uh, oh, I do too. I do. I too. think the last was it was, it was Disney. So Disney Pixar, the last mm-hmm. movie that I actually fell in love with was probably Ratatouille. And that mm-hmm. was probably the, after I fell off after that movie, I fell off. Cause that one had a message, but it didn't have a soundtrack, like really any songs that they sang, but it was a lighthearted mm-hmm. film. I actually, that was probably my last one that I enjoyed. You still in green? I, I think Coco was probably the last one. I was really like, Ooh, cause that one, that one hit me actually. just like, like a, cause it's like, uh, that one had me crying. That's the one <laughs> with the like, grandma at the end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that. yeah, yeah. That one was that one did hit hard. Yeah, that was a good. That was a good one. It had good music, like the 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 song "Remember Me" and that that was a good song. I was like, oh, and it had different variations of that same song too. And I was like, oh my god, this is a good one. But I'm like, I haven't seen Encanto yet. But I hear I hear great things, but you know, comparing the movies coming out now versus yeah. the ones that came out in the '90s. Come on, you, 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 yeah. you're not going to have anything that hit like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, Mermaid, that was my daughter's favorite movie. Uh, yeah. and she still loves it. And oh my God, she thought she was Ariel for like five years. <laughs> oh. And they're making a live action version of Little Mermaid right now, too. Yeah. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> stop. Please stop. They like, ruined Beauty and the Beast. I was pissed. <laughs> that beast looked terrible. I was like, stop yeah. this. Now, that is also a very good play to see live. Because oh, yeah. I saw it at the oh, Fox God. Theater twice. Mm-hmm. It is my favorite. I still cry at it. I don't give a shit. Everybody can know it. I cry every time yeah. I see it. Love it. That's actually one of the, the musicals <laughs> I was in final callbacks for right before I got oh, cast. Really? Yeah, I was, I was in callbacks for uh, Lumiere. It's, it's, I, I totally fucked up the dance audition. That's what it was. Because I had maybe two hours of sleep before I went in for the, the dance callback. And I'm like, Lumiere doesn't even dance. Why am I having to do a dance callback for Lumiere? <laughs> but okay. Uh, I was like, I, I, I'm not a dancer. So you have all these guys who have trained their whole lives. And they're, it's, they're doing the, the Gaston dance. 
and it's all this complicated footwork and clinking glasses at the same time. It's like a lot of like rub your belly, pet your head type of stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm a character guy. I'm not a dancer. I'm sorry. I, I just, nope. Mm, I'm, t- and I'm like, I know I'm, I'm messing this up, guys. I know. I know. This is not me. <laughs> my bad. How, uh, like, how intense is the energy at that kind of audition? I'm, it's Broadway. So I'm assuming oh, people yeah. are just, you know, completely wound up tight. Oh, very much so. Very much so. There, there's, you know, that's one thing I have noticed. There's a difference between um, the audition-wise for uh, movies versus um, stage, especially Broadway. It's just like the competitiveness. It's like there's a there's a lot of cattiness that goes on at those like uh, the, the musical auditions. A lot of everybody trying to one up each other, and a lot, a lot of you know, psycho, you know, people just trying to psych each other out. I'm like, I, I don't like that. I because he's like, my my thing is like, you're only responsible for yourself. You bring your A game into that room. It's like they have no one else in that room that you're auditioning with has any bearing on what you do for your audition. You're only responsible for yourself. So cut the crap with that stupid pettiness. Like, oh, I did this show and I did the yeah, and we're all auditioning for the same stuff right now. So hey, it doesn't matter. But I, I hate that kind of stuff. It is, I, I, I like to bond with people, and it should be a supportive thing. And, and I have noticed that's the difference when I've gone in for, like, especially voiceover auditions. Like the voiceover community supports each other. Everybody, I've gone to these auditions, we're all auditioning for the same character. I remember one, it was like for like some commercial, and they wanted us to all be able to do Optimus Prime's voice. And yeah. I, was in, I was the youngest guy in the room and all these older guys like, well, what does he sound like? So I, I pulled up a sound file, you know, Peter Cullen. I'm like, this is how he sounds. And so we're all, you know, coaching each other before we go in there to do our you know, audition, wishing each other the best and stuff like that. And a funny thing is, uh, I, I thought I had the audition and everything. I was like, I walked out because I, I was showing, oh, yeah, I can do Optimus Prime. I can do Starscream. I can do all this stuff. You're like awesome. They're like, well, we'll, we'll hear from you. Uh, you'll hear from us soon. I'm like, cool. They ended up just going with some teenage kid, just doing his actual, just being, hey guys, buy this. Blah, blah. I'm like, oh man, that's not. But that, but that's what I liked about it. it was it was like everybody was there to support each other and build each other up. And it's like, hey, because you know, it's like, hey, because a lot of us work together and other stuff too. Like my my buddy Frank, uh, we uh, Frank Tadaro. He's now the current voice of Starscream and a lot of the Transformers series and stuff like that. We used to be against each other all the time when he lived here in New York for different video games and stuff like that. And we worked together on stuff. We'd be in the booth together recording when we got stuff. But our voices are so much alike, so we were always, you know, in competition. But it was never a bitter, you know, under unfriendly competition. I was just like it was it was a fun little rivalry we had with each other. And it was like, yeah. And I was like, hey. If I didn't get it, Frank got it. So that's great. I love it. Go Frank. And he's he's about to be uh, the voice of Mugman in uh, the new uh, Cup uh, Cuphead series that's coming to Netflix. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's awesome. It's like, oh, there's a Cuphead series coming to Netflix. Yeah, 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 what? yeah. They just released a trailer for it this past week, and I was like, dude, I had to like send him a message. It's like, hey, he's like, oh, dude, you're doing Earth the Clown. I'm like, I know. <laughs> but I, you're Starscream, man. You get to do Starscream. I'm so jealous of you. <laughs> it's like, but that's like, it's just like that's what I like. It's like that kind of camaraderie. Is that that right. support system there? You're it's like, like I yeah. can't say a word when I'm in the mask. Come on, man. Yeah, it's like yeah. 
<laughs> well, it doesn't. It doesn't pay to be. It's a like, well, no one sees me. <laughs> yeah, there you, go. you know, whenever you you look at, especially like with horror films, if you look, you'll see a lot of the same names. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, on those sure. on those credit reels. Yeah. If you're that type of person that's out there just being a, a dick to, oh, to everyone, I've it's going to come happen. back and bite you in the ass. Oh, you would. The, everybody oh at the haunt conventions will know about you mm-hmm. too because because of your attitude. Yeah. Oh, I remember this one guy. He was dating one of my friend's roommates. This guy was one of those little privileged little, you know, trust fund babies and stuff like that. Mommy and daddy were paying for him for everything. He didn't have to work. So he just auditioned all the time. And he was so freaking arrogant. And we're at an audition and he's like going down the list and re- calling out people's names to see if they're there. Because he was just, he's like, why, why, why do I have to be in an audition with all you people? He was just very arrogant. Just treating people like crap the whole entire time. Then he walks into the audition room. And it, as soon as he walks through the door, he just launches into his monologue. And about 30 seconds later, he just comes out. And he's like, fuck these people. Bah, 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 bah. And it's like, no, first of all, you go into the room. You introduce yourself. And you sometimes have a conversation. You know, you let them, the, the directors and stuff like that, dictate what's going on and stuff like that. Because sometimes they want to get to know you and stuff. And these directors did. He walked in there just so full of himself. They're like, nope, bye. And then I ended up getting callbacks for this the same thing. And he's like, how the hell did you get a callback? I'm like, I guess I'm just good enough. <laughs> it's just like... It's like not it's, an asshole. Yeah, it's like also because you know the people in the audition room you know, that were running, you know, the names into the directors, they're sitting there and they can see who's being an asshole to other people in the room, and they remember and they sometimes because I've been on that other side of the table and we'll have our proctors come in. They're like, "Oh yeah, don't cast this person. He's been a total jerk to people out in the out in the lobby and stuff like that." Or this, you know, they they sometimes tell you these things. You're like, "Oh, good to know." Well, especially when you're like, you know, you're on set and it's freezing cold outside. You got to have that camaraderie. Yeah. You know, if you got somebody that's making it worse, mm-hmm. you're not going to oh, work no. with that person. No, you don't. And I, I've been in, I've been in productions where you have that one cast member and it's just like, oh God, this person's just a pain in the ass. And it just makes everybody miserable. Everybody miserable. That's that's the thing we've been lucky with with both of the Terrifier films and also Stream. Is like everybody we've been working with, for the most part, except for maybe one crew member on Terrifier and one crew member on like Stream, were awesome. Everybody had fun. You know, it was like yeah, and there were no egos getting in the way, and which was even really cool because you know when we were doing Stream, I and mean, we had a lot of horror alumni in that. Like D. Wallace, Jeffrey Combs, Tony Todd, Danielle Harris, you know, Felissa, Dave Sheridan, Daniel Roebuck, all these people. They're all yeah. just the cool, sweetest people to work with. Yeah, a who's who going on right there. Oh, it was amazing. It's like this expendables. Being on that set, I was like, I cannot believe I'm on set with these people. It's like I don't feel like I'm worthy to be around these people. We're not worthy. Oh my god! It's like uh, I, I wasn't necessarily in a scene with Jeffrey Combs, but I was like, "Can I come watch him film?" I just want to sit there and just watch him film because he's such a great character actor, and I love the type of characters he plays. He plays 
he would have been a really good Riddler, especially back in the day. He's just that very cerebral type of villain. And he's like, oh, God, I would love to. I know. And they're like, yeah, sure. And, he, and it's like, I asked him, he's like, oh, yeah, sure, for sure. Come in, watch. I'm like, oh, excellent. I loved it. <laughs> nice. That probably plays a lot into, you know, why the film came out so well, too. You know, with, with $55,000 or so, mm-hmm. you know, that camaraderie yeah. makes it go faster, makes it go better. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, and and we are like a family too. We sometimes have our moments. I I think I'm terrified too in some of the environments we were shit filming in were not fun to be in. I think everybody in one location cracked at some point. No, because <laughs> it was just miserable. It was miserable, and it was just, and no one got mad at anybody when we cracked or anything like that. We're just like, it's okay. We've all cracked. It's okay. We love you. <laughs> I got like, pissy welcome, one day. Welcome. I was like, I, I got pissy because other people were miserable and I got upset. I was like, uh, uh. <laughs> and then the, the next day I'm like, I'm so sorry. I was an <laughs> asshole yesterday. I'm so sorry. They're like, dude, we've all cracked. I'm like, okay. I'm still going to murder you in this next scene. But yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was watching okay. a behind, behind the scenes on um, the evil dead, uh, reimagining dvd and and Mm -hmm. jane uh jane levy told a similar story she said when they when they did the blood rain uh she got super frustrated and super emotional so she ran into the woods and just started screaming her lungs out (laughs) yeah (laughs) because she she broke and they were like when she came back everything was good no one was mad yeah it just it happened carry on especially when you're wet and cold and you hadn't had sleep in a few days, it just emotions get high sometimes. It's just like, we're all, we're all human. It's just, it's one thing if it happens like once or twice, it's another thing if it's like a daily occurrence and you're a dick to people and stuff like that. It's like, where you, you, know, you just walk away from set and everybody's like, uh, where are you? Hello, we were ready to film. It's that kind exactly. of stuff. It's like, you, 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 we had a crew member do that where they would just disappear and you're like, I was like, well, it was taking so long. So I thought I could go. I'm like, no, you got to tell people, at least if you're going to go ask if you can go on to take a potty break or something like that. You just can't just vanish because mm-hmm. it takes all of us to make it work. One person not there. The whole thing falls apart. Everybody's got to wait. It's, you know, time is money, but I digress. Well, I think uh, Elena and Dustin both live that at the haunt because I think everyone's got to be in their place at the right time to 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 pull off what they pull off. And I, I was yeah. fortunate the enough timing to, is yeah, definitely to, of the essence. To kind of yeah. visit them uh, in October, and I kind of saw the way they worked, and it's a well-oiled yeah. machine. It's it's crazy chaos. It's organized chaos, is what I like mm-hmm. to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's like you said that all the actors have to be in their spots and they have to be yeah. ready to hit their cues. And they are in weird positions because their acting definitely has to change depending on the people walking into the room. Yeah, uh, they have special props for folks. So for folks who are really babies, they have pacifiers that they sell to put in their mouths and they light up. So they can't scare them as much. It, they, it's a light scare. <laughs> no, we make fun of them. Make fun yeah, of them. Make fun. Make fun. That's well, see, that's what I, I, I've sometimes, when I've gone to some of these haunts that people invite me to, I'm like, just so you know, I punch sometimes when I get scared. It's just a reflex. So I'm like, 
I'm not being a baby. I'm just trying to protect people because I don't want to be on TMZ. Art the Clown punches out Scare Actor, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. It's just a reflex I have. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. My favorite scare I ever had in my entire existence at the haunt. There was this one guy. He came in. He was such a fucking asshole. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you so good. He was being a dick. He was like, I ain't scared nothing. He was being I scared the piss out of him. He ran, then he fell, and then he had the audacity to be on the ground. I'm looking down at him like this, and he made a sex joke, and I was like, But you're the one on your knees right now, sir. And they <laughs> were like, Oh, and then he said something. I was like, You're still just a pussy. It's fine. It's great. Have a great night. And they were like, She needs a raise. She needs a raise. <laughs> That's fantastic. I went to, um, oh, who? I'm trying to remember who's, who's haunted house. His name escapes me all of a sudden. But it's out in Las Vegas. He does a lot of uh, movie makeup and stuff like that. But he has this um, a haunt that he does out there in Vegas. And they invited me to it. And I'm going through the haunt and there's a clown room and stuff like that. And they're trying to scare me. And I'm like, ah, it's my family. (laughs) And like one of the guys, the the clown just comes over and just fist bumps me. (laughs) That's funny. And like, ah, but the best one was I was going through it. It's like, uh, they were doing um, their uh, Friday the 13th. And this girl comes running out of the cabin. It's one of the counselors screaming. And she stops mid scream and just looks at me. And just freezes, like just like oh my god, because she, she realized who I was, and she totally dropped characters. Only time apparently she had ever dropped character. It, it was just so funny, and I get out in there and tell them, and I'm like, oh yeah, well, see, last year in the haunt she played you. I'm like, oh my god, that's awesome! I gotta go meet her. <laughs> So they called her and brought her out. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I dropped Karen. I just couldn't believe it was you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm amazed you recognize me because I had my COVID mask on and everything. I'm like, how did you even know it was me? <laughs> it was cool. It was, it, But I thought that was so funny. It was so funny. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate in your character because you'll come in. And I'm normally a really fun, upbeat person. Um mm-hmm. Unless it's the morning and I don't have my coffee, so I'll admit that. Um, but when you get in the haunt, you have to separate your emotions sometimes because sometimes you're just scaring people, but it's not just being scary. I had our haunt owner come in one night. He was like, I don't know what you're doing tonight. It's working, but I don't know what you're doing. And I was like, I'm just pissed off. It's fine. It's just going to keep rolling for the next three hours. I had a bad day. Working in healthcare sucks right now, so go away. Yep. I'll be fine. <laughs> Use yeah. it. Use it. <laughs> I've been there, done that before. <laughs> yeah. I don't It's I'm weird right how you can just channel if you've had a bad day or something's pissy, you can just channel that into something else and it gives you a better performance. I remember back in the day when I was doing a show and I found out one of the girls that I thought I was dating in the show had just cheated on me with one of the crew members up in the rafters in between shows that day. And I'm like, hmm. And people were like, oh, we shouldn't have told David that's going to ruin his performance today. I'm like, I gave the best performance that day. And it was great because I, I had this, I was a very, I was a very snarky uh, gay theater critic in this thing. So I, I, I got to just be a bitchy queen and I loved it. 
And, uh, <laughs> there's this one line I, I directed towards uh, her character. And because she, at that point, she didn't know that I knew. And I, it's, it was just the delivery of the line. And you just see her face just go pale on stage and her eyes just bug out. He knew. And I'm like, hmm. So she was messing up for the rest of the show. And I'm just boom, 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 boom. I was like pa- Paul Lynn. I was just channeling Paul Lynn that night or something. I don't know what was going on, but it was just like – it was it was one of my best performances, and I was like, "They're like, why? Why was like the dress? Like, that was an amazing performance." I was like, "Because I was pissed. <laughs> I was pissed and heartbroken at the same time, and I just used it." <laughs> and victory was yours. Yeah, they, they they even on on set sometimes they're like, you know, if I wasn't being aggressive enough, they're like. Just pretend it's this political figure, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> and they're like, oh, there we go, there we go. That's what we needed. <laughs> A lot of motivation in 2020 to be pissy. So, oh it's yeah, good. oh yeah. Oh, I can especially imagine for healthcare workers. Oh my god. Oh my god. Don't get me started. We went through about that. 1,775 fucking policy changes a day. I'd come home, and he's like, "What's the new thing now?" What are you doing now? What's going on now? I was like, you don't want to know. It involves a hula hoop and a tube and a bucket of sugar. Yeah. Exactly. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any other questions? I do not. I do want to thank David for joining us today. We had such a good time with you. It was awesome. Oh, you're welcome. Oh my God. I just realized what time it is. Holy crap. We've been talking for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get started talking about farts, it never ends. It's all the time. Oh yeah. You know, we, we, we brought it to a heightened level of intelligence right there. You know, (laughs) for for those podcasts, for those people that are listening, uh, if you haven't seen, and I don't know why you wouldn't have already seen this, but if you haven't seen Terrifier, go see Terrifier. Pick up the DVD, watch it on the streaming service, go wherever you can to see it, but make sure you see Terrifier because Terrifier 2 is going to be twice as fun. So make sure you check yes. it out. Yes, and we're hoping to get it out to you guys as soon as possible. Um, talked to Damon recently. He... We're finally done with the color correction. He's doing the last bit of like um, special effects and sound effects right now. Paul Wiley's finally finished the music, all that. So it's all it's pretty much done. Then we're going to start shopping it around to distri- uh, distribution. And once we have distribution, we'll finally have a date. Awesome. So stay tuned. We're on, I think Damien's hoping to start shopping around in about a month or so. So. It's coming. You're thank coming. you, thank you, thank you for your patience. Y'all got to understand, it's like, this has not been easy to make a movie during a pandemic because we were almost done and the pandemic happened. And then yeah. we're not like, you know, all these Hollywood movies where they have a huge studio system and millions upon billions of dollars to do all the editing and stuff. Damien's been doing all this by himself. He is, this has been a labor of love for him and he doesn't want to put out something that's half-assed. He wants it to be worthy of the fans that have been supporting us this whole entire time. 
So it's, it's, we, we truly appreciate everybody's patience with us. It's going to be well, well worth it. Oh my God. Especially this one scene. Oh my God. And I just call it the yellow room scene. When you get to the okay. yellow room. All right. All right. You know. This is going to be awesome. Yellow Final room. Rounds, yeah. excited. <laughs> yeah. You might hate me after that scene. I will tell you that you're probably going to be like, you went too far, son. You went too far. <laughs> Simmer down. Simmer down. Simmer down. Yeah. It's like when I hear all these other Hollywood movies, it's like, oh, yeah, we are vamped up the violence and the kills. And I'm like, <laughs> that's cute. Well, I wrote, I wrote shit. Uh, I wrote my name in shit. So we're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Top that, fuckers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's so cute. I'm just like, oh, oh. But that's all the questions I had for David. Um, any awesome. other last minute sentiments you'd like to give to any budding actors in the horror world? I say just keep at it. Be persistent. Keep learning to. There's always more to learn. I'm still learning. Like I said, when I was on set for stream, I learned so much from all the those great actors that came before me. I was like, oh, my God, there's always something to learn. I learned from every single actor I'm on screen with. There's always something I take away from their performances. Doesn't matter if they're new to it or not. There's always something to learn from everybody that you work with. So you know, I, I keep a rolodex in my head of just things that people do, and I'm like, oh, I like that. I, I'm going to remember that from this and this and this. So keep keep learning and keep at it. You never know. It took me 13 years waiting tables and doing odd jobs. And it's like you just you got to be passionate about it. If it's something you love to do, keep at it. Well, well, most of the people who are listening to this podcast probably already follow you, but uh, is can you let the folks know who who maybe don't follow you where they can find you on social media? Yeah, I'm on yeah. Facebook and Instagram under David Howard Thornton. Okay, that's pretty much it. Yeah, oh, I keep it simple. <laughs> I don't have TikTok or any of that. Stuff. Simple is good. Simple is good. Yeah. Oh, but Art, Art the Clown TikTok would be pretty wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I just don't have time and patience. Well, Elena, no, Elena, Elena can make that happen for you. She's she's pretty good at that stuff. So Yeah. The one clown TikTok I did do, the black and white one that I did, that was um, the tattoo artist, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. did get a lot of love. So, I mean. That's cool. But yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's good. I just, I've TikTok never. TikTok has buttons. There's a lot I, of buttons. I occasionally think of something funny. I might, you know, record myself doing it. Like, during the pandemic, I. I, I, I filmed myself with my art mask doing the Don't Touch Me song from Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. So it's just like, <laughs> I was like, eh, you know. <laughs> when How I you think put that stuff out there, man? Oh, I did. I put, that, I put that on Instagram. It did pretty good. Oh, Instagram, yeah. 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 I just didn't do TikTok. I was like, I don't, I don't know. That's another thing I have to balance. <laughs> Another plate to spin. Yeah. Yeah. Not, a lot of algorithms. I'm not a TikTok yeah. person either, but I look at Elena's stuff. She shares it all the time. She's amazing yeah. at it. Um I guess I'm there, just there are some really about. good things on TikTok. I, I I do admit there's some really good creators out there. Just, all these people doing the little dance videos like oh I look at it. it. Mm-hmm. I'm like eh. nah. I hate it. We Show just, me your cats. We were just talking about the the <laughs> unfortunate side effect of the algorithm for it is that Ugh. nothing original happens mm-hmm. because everybody's trying to fit the mold to get the likes and get the shares. Yeah. But the really good ones are when people just do whatever the fuck they want to do. It's and, hard yeah. as a creator. Yeah. You get really down and out about yourself sometimes, oh, yeah. even though that's not yeah. what it's about at the end of the day, but 
it kind of takes away the magic a little bit because you're having to do some bullshit ass algorithm yeah. for people to see it, you know. That's but so I mean, it's just one of those things. So I, I like that the 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 girl that tapes herself sleepwalking and all the silly stuff she does. Oh, Selena, Selena, Selena Spooky. Yeah. Yes. Did oh, you see her latest that. last yesterday no. about her nails? Oh no! Watch that one. Oh god. <laughs> oh god. It's I funny. Like, I haven't watched her in a while because hey, I don't have TikTok. So I've, I've just, when people post stuff, I'm like, oh my God, this girl's hilarious. Oh my God. Her, her poor guy that lives with her. I don't know if it's her husband or boyfriend or whatever. I'm like, oh, that good. poor guy. I was like, boy, boy. That's just like, dude, how, how has he had to strap her down to the bed every time she, he, she goes to bed every night? Also the patience he must have. Oh my God. He's got to have so much patience for that. He must really yes. love her. Yeah, like that's that's love right there when he's got that kind of patience for that. <laughs> well, Charles, do you want to plug yourself before we sign off? Sure. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Charles Campbell Author. Same on Instagram. Uh, you can find my work at ValleyBoyPublications.com. Have all my social media links there and you can check out my bookstore. And of course, we do appreciate everyone listening to Horror 421, the podcast. Thank you so much. Please hit the like and subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm JukeboxBaby78 on Instagram as well as on TikTok. So if you want to see me do crazy crap with makeup, it's all there. Uh, and I'm Elena Marie on Facebook. You can also find my makeup looks there as well. If anybody is interested or have any inquiries, I you can DM me there or on Instagram or on TikTok. But uh, we just want to say thank you again for coming out and hanging out with us and being a nerd tonight. We just really appreciate all of the input you've had and Thank you so much for being Art the Clown and oh, bringing that you. magic to horror cinema. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for putting up with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, guys. All right. Y'all take care. Have a good night. Fun talking right. to you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We hope you had a horrific time, lovelies. Thank you for tuning in to Horror 421, the podcast. Be sure to like us on YouTube and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.